Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids and our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'll be joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. So today we're going to hear it for the boy. Yeah. Uh, the men in our lives, the men we work with, the men we live with for some of us. Um, so as you know, my background is I w- edited a magazine called Working Mother. And once in a while, someone would say, well, that's an old term. And why don't you say it's working parent? And I'd say you don't understand the publishing industry and who consumers are. And that's a whole different thing. But also that when we've solved it for women, I'll turn attention to the men. But that's not really true because we know that if these issues that we're talking about, about the breadwinners don't impact everyone in the workplace, and that includes working dads, you know, my heart and soul as someone married to a working dad, then it's it's not going to be enough. It's never going to be comprehensive if we don't include the men into everything that we're talking about. Now, that said, I'm going to say the caveat of us talking today is that we're women splaining the men's experience. And so we know we're coming at this from our point of view, looking at the men. But again, we both think a lot about how all of this that we're talking about impacts men because we need them to buy in. We need them to benefit because it helps with our buy-in and our benefits as well. So what do we know about breadwinning men? I guess, I guess that's my question. I'm tossing over to you. What do we know? All right. So, yes, I love that point. I think um, I love the term women's planning. I also like um, I like that idea. I, I, you know, I think we are very totally aligned on the idea that um, we're just not going to make progress on this issue if we don't put men at the center of the conversation as well. Right. Like it's about women and it's, it's a hard, it's, it's hard to navigate because the women are having a completely different experience, but if the men don't really get involved in the conversation, then we're, we're not really going to make progress because it's still going to be a women's issue. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I think where it starts for me, um, I think there's a lot of different ways we can talk about this, but when we look at the workplace, men in the workplace, um, you know, one of the challenges, they're the first challenge that we see comes along with paid family leave or with family leave in general. So, right. So we can, we can talk about a lot of other aspects and I think we're going to do a whole, I know we're going to do a whole other show about paid leave policies, how, how they come about, what we're, what we're fighting for, which states have the best ones. I'm dictating the whole episode. Um, I'll write all this down. We'll get to that. (laughs) But I think, you know, but, but what we know is that men taking leave is important for two reasons. One, we need to show that women taking leave, you know, is not just a women's issue, but it's it's really about right. all parents taking leave. But there's also the piece that if men take leave, it shifts the family dynamic 
from from the beginning of a child's life, right? If if the men aren't entitled to take the leave or if they feel like they can't, you know, it's uh it starts already being the woman's issue, right? And so what I've seen with some coaching clients is like the women um you know these high these senior level women they have they they take the leave because it's given to them and they want to take it. Um but then when their husband tries or their partner tries to dive in and help with the work at home. It's kind of like, yeah, you haven't been here, buddy. Like most of this is mine, right? Like this is my domain. I'm not comfortable with you taking it. And in some of the work with, um, that I did do with coaching working parents or working moms in particular was helping them to see how to include dads and helping dads to recognize everything the mom that was going through. But, but getting back to the paid leave thing, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge is that men, men are starting to get it, right? They're starting to be advocacy for extended parental leave that is gender, uh, blind, right? Um, and it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's not uniform. So I worked on a project, um, that where companies were, were binding together to support working parents. And part of what was required of them is that they offer or was that they offered 26 paid weeks of paid leave, um, to new parents, which was just phenomenal. I was talking to one of the HR directors who was involved and, you know, and he said, yeah, we're offering, you know, the primary parent 26 weeks of leave and the secondary oh, yes. parent. I said, how much? He said, one week. And I was like, first of all, you've just told me you're offering women. I mean, it's not always true. And we know that it it changes who's the primary parent. First of all, that's a horrible designation. But like, who is going to be, you know, primary and secondary? It could vary by gender, but they're making a very clear um, delineation there. Yeah. And I totally agree. I, oh, oh. Uh, So one (laughs) of the things, so, you know, my entire life has been language. That's, that's what I do. And I have a very fundamental belief. Language is incredibly powerful. This whole discussion going on and and this uh, about pronouns and how we use them because it ripples out and it impacts how we see ourselves, how we express ourselves. Yeah. The interest of corporations to use the phrases primary and secondary parent. Oh, <laughs> I need one of those flame toy. What's that Rambo thing with the flame? Just flame it all down. The that was one of the first flame. things yeah. I did. Uh, you know, and I, I've got the headband and I'm greased up and I'm just burning it all down. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, one of the first things I did when I took over the massive application process for the Working Mother Best Companies list, and that list is, oh my goodness, I think it's almost 40 years old and it's, it's constantly evolving. I had the honor of, of running it for about 10 years and it's constantly on how language changes and how do we refer to things. But I, excised primary versus secondary parents. Yes. I'm clapped as it because sounds like I'm clapping. Really? You're, you know, immediately you're going to anoint someone as yeah. most important parent. Now, yes, I breastfed. I, it, it was my choice, my thing I wanted to do. So yeah, I did have a couple, I had a little up on that, but also to say someone is a secondary parent in don't ever call my husband a secondary parent. That doesn't help me at home for one thing. And it doesn't help him. It doesn't help him at work. It doesn't help anyone. But to then, um, 
to then say that, uh, oh, geez, uh, hey, lady, while you're recovering from abdominal <laughs> surgery with my first emergency C-section, um, you're also the primary parent. So, and then number two, baby comes along and you can cr- take care of a toddler and a newborn while you recover from birth. Um, have at it, primary parent. It's just, it's it's fakakta. I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's fakakta. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, so what what it leads me to think is we can we'll get back to this, but like in some ways, we we talk about in some of our episodes, you know, how emotional labor does really become yes, um, for sure. The, the you know, in heterosexual relationships, the woman or the mother's job um, by default. Um, but regardless, words do matter, right? And I think yes. um, I think it really makes a difference. You know what's coming up in my head. I want to go back to the idea of how how people how men take leave because I've done a lot of thinking yes. about it um, and how they don't. And you know, one of the things I think is really interesting is uh, have you ever heard the the theory um, the that uh, am I trying to say this that when a baby's born, they, they end up looking more like their father for a left. Yes. Is that true? Do we know that that's true? Right. I, that, you I, know. I think it, it may be an old wives tale, but so I, um, but I went and met my new niece. I mentioned her on an earlier episode. I mentioned that my sister-in-law was pregnant. Most beautiful baby. Yes. She's so cute. She was born. Um, so my brother and sister-in-law look very different. My do- my brother is Ashkenazi Jewish and my sort of light brown hair and my sister-in-law is Filipina. When the baby came out, she really did look a lot like my sister-in-law. She did look like, she looked, yeah, she looked like my sister-in-law, not yeah. as a newborn, but you could see it. But Scientific within, proof. Within <laughs> You're debunking the old times tale. Yeah, exactly. But, with, but, but within days, she looked exactly like my brother. Like exact, she looks exactly like my brother's, um, uh, whatchamacallit, baby pictures. So, yeah. so what I, my point there is not to go off on a little tangent about Sophia. Hi, she's amazing. Um, but it's to say like, like even evolution sees it's important for dudes to get involved at the beginning. Oh, right. <laughs> like there are a lot, like this isn't just like, oh, we're feminists who are pushing for equality. And so we think that men should do this, but you know, this is not how it works. Like evolution and old wives say men should be involved. <laughs> we're going to do everything we can. <laughs> and so when yeah. I'm at the hospital with baby number one and yeah. you know, we're, terrified and like you know what's going on to have the uh the the nurses on duty that day um give my husband a really hard time about not knowing how to change diapers on a tiny squirmy newborn um it's not helpful don't set him up for failure uh ladies and it was all ladies and i get it i get it's it's funny it's it's a cliche it's a joke but um you know my husband will now say if if changing diapers was the hardest thing he was going to have to do as a dad, um, bring it on. You yeah, know, exactly. like exactly. it's so it just come on. Like, like, let's find funnier jokes about <laughs> men as dads, you know, exactly. I mean, come on. So exactly. Which goes the whole concept of stereotypes. Yeah. Is I think uh, as someone who's watched, um, a man be a working dad for a long time. Um, he gets conversations, uh, at work that are, are different 
You know, oh, yeah. it's certainly we, you know, we're doing a whole podcast and it's essentially a lot about the women in our experience, but he will have had that conversation at work where a boss says you're leaving at five to get your baby. Mm. Why can't your wife do that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even, I'm not even sure this guy was not the, you know, obviously not a great supportive boss, but that's, is that, are you talking that like, you even know if I have a job or we have any other kids or (laughs) you don't know what your partner's situation is or Maybe that this new dad of a tiny baby would like to go get his baby and hasn't seen it all day. So, but, but there's packed into that, the sense of real men support their family, real men work. I don't know. Somehow it's all about financial, but real men are breadwinners and, and they're all that dad stuff is for the girls. I don't know what the other half of that sentence is, but that, you know, <laughs> the dad stuff is for the girls. Um, I, you, no, I, I like that. I like that. I'm just laughing. And yet they get paid more, right? What's the yeah. thing about the men, the, the motherhood penalty and the fatherhood bonus, right? And the, the fatherhood bonus. How does this work? I mean, How do you do co- this math? <laughs> no, you, you don't. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, there's, I think fathers, some stat I was reading in Bridget Schulte's um, Overwhelmed book where she was citing that, you know, some companies pay a fatherhood bonus of uh, of 5000 for example, while yeah. the pay drops for mom with the birth of each additional child, which is insane. <laughs> oh, but, you know, it's going. What? Yeah. It's it just, going. just every time. I mean, I think, I think that what's the challenges is – it's not, it's not just about policies. Like what I think your story about your husband is, is so, is illustrating so well is it's not just about policies. It's this particularly for men, they're fighting the socialization to be breadwinners. You know, this kind of this, this image that masculinity and breadwinning are, are together. They're fighting this, you know, they're, they're fighting these social norms that in their, those are not policies, right? Um, they are they are behaviors, right? So it's it's uh, so one of the things that I I've done with companies um, in the past is when they they would put these fantastic expensive leave programs, extended leave programs in place for their employees to be competitive as an employer, but they would find that men just wouldn't take it. They just weren't taking it because they still feel um, like it's not socially acceptable for them to take right. it. My friend's uh, husband works at Google and two kids and just wouldn't take the extended leave. So I think some of it is about modeling, about setting examples, but there, you know, and I think it's, it's, there's definitely a conversation that's happening now, right? We're seeing um, Serena Williams' husband talking about paid leave. We saw um, there are definitely people who are putting themselves, you know, people who are in the public eye, who are putting themselves, um, yes, putting themselves out there to say, I'm taking this. So there was just an article the other day. I'm going to totally butcher this guy's name. But um, in Japan, ex-Prime Minister Junichiro Ko- Koizumi, please write in if I've just butchered that guy's <laughs> name. Um, so he he announced that he was going to take um, parental leave. And what's interesting, he he said, you know, I get that I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing. And I tried to read his blog and then I 
it's all in Japanese. And then I tried to translate it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't making a lot of sense. But what the New York Times article said was, you know, that that even though um, Japan has exceptionally generous paternity leave laws. So they Japan and South Korea grant fathers more time off for child care than any of the world's other wealthier countries, including the Scandinavian nations. They're entitled to take up to a year off after the birth of a child, but they're not taking it. They're not taking it because it's not okay. It's not okay. And so that he, this guy being, um, being a public figure says, I've got to take it right. Hopefully it's going to encourage other people to take it. Uh, And I think, I think that's really critical because, you know, this modeling that we're seeing in the paternal leave space is hopefully going to make a difference because what we're seeing in the workplace is these, you know, these violations of, you know, that that are really about, I mean, it's just discriminatory practices around employment, right? So um, Joan C. Williams, who works at the Work-Life Law Center at UC Hastings, um, talked about in her testimony to the EEOC, talked about these guys who were, you know, characterized as, so an aircraft mechanic who used 12 weeks of unpaid leave to care for his pregnant wife who had diabetes was fired for, quote, lack of dependability. Um, he used unpaid leave, by the way. He didn't even ask yeah. to get paid during that time. A carpenter who was on unpaid leave to care for his father who had a heart attack was told that no one wants to work with him. Like that was the, that was the, that was the word that they, or the message that they sent him, the way that they kind of positioned his firing. And then there was another guy, this guy, Ariel Ayana, who tried to sue, um, his law firm and, he, there was a closed settlement. He, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but, but, you know, the policies were fine. They weren't discouraging, but right. he cited like people were talking in the hallway, raising eyebrows. His female superior told him to stop acting like a girl and trying to go home <laughs> to be flexible for your family. Yeah. Well, you're acting like a girl. So, I mean, I think we're talking about this juxtaposition between what is written down on paper and what right. men really feel comfortable doing. Um, which, by the way, you know, not to get all political, but Ivanka Trump. So she she um, she put a proposal for a federally funded paid leave that's only directed at women, at mothers. And so right, right. people were all people, you know, in the paid leave advocacy community were like, that's that's just going to hold doesn't us help. back more. It doesn't help. I mean, it, you know, yes, in my, you know, for Tuesday, it helps, but for the entire year, it does not help. It, in the span of, you know, it's, it's, it's a band aid for the moment. You mean for election day, Tuesday? Uh, <laughs> ooh, yeah. ouch, getting no. hot, hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, and, and it is so right. I, I used to say that, um, Working mothers are the vanguard and it's like the V of the, the geese behind us. We're, we're always the front line asking for these things because it is Tuesday because it is like, we need it right now. I need to figure out my childcare issue tomorrow and yeah. for every day. But behind us are our partners, single dads. Um, it's people with elder care issues, people with a chronic illness. Like everyone needs all of these policies. 
So, um, but specifically, we do need the men, like every time, now there is a little bit of, uh, you know, geez, you just discovered this is a problem. But you know what? Um, for the men, um, it's the same thing for with every new generation of working moms that they, you know, yeah. until you're in it, you didn't realize how unsupportive your workplace can be in reality. So, so yeah. welcome aboard. Come on into the conversation. Yeah, exactly. We want to have it. We want you to, to ask and ask why and to realize as, as with the women, your, your career is so long that these moments, if we're just talking about new dads taking paternity leave, mm-hmm. where the average for paternity leave, and again, I would like to make this all parental, but that was yeah. a, that was a hill I couldn't quite get us over on it. It's, I, I get it because there's a medical aspect to recovering from birth. So I would always let them keep that. And also, uh, I want adoptive parents. Um, I yeah, just yeah. want it to be parental, but I also want it to be elder care and everything else, medical, it should be everything, but that we could never get the average offered much past three weeks. If it's solely for the men on the working mother, hundred best list, that's the oh, average. Yeah. That was a while ago. Maybe that number has gone up. I hope it has. Um, that was the, the, what was offered usage it never creeped past an average and this is across all types of businesses you know hospitality hospitals manufacturing consultancies all the like never got past two weeks and that's what you're saying that's that's yeah. the that's the number that says we're giving you three and we're not even giving you a whole lot we're giving you three on average and you still won't even take that because you feel somehow you can't you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some don't want, and they just, you know, I'd rather go back to work. Um, I'm not married to those men, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Mine would love to be home with his baby, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and our original point, it's so true. We, I think we can speak to experience of our own lives and everyone we know and have ever spoken to in our life. There's a moment when um, your new family is formed and you bring that baby home and all jobs are up for grabs. Yes. He cannot breastfeed. Okay. I'll give you that. But other than that, bathing, feeding, sleeping, dressing, and the cycle that happens every four minutes because the baby's going to throw up on everything. Those jobs are up for grabs and they are non-gendered. And yeah. so if you get to the point where I was blessed to have three months of paid leave with baby number one, well, if I'm doing it all, I'm going to be doing it all on the weekend too, except for the time I get a nap, you know, and then right. you're like 10 years later and you're always doing it all because who has time to even reconsider? Yeah. And, and that's not the mental load. That's the physical load. That's the actual freaking chores. So it behooves us all to let men be home and let that family, new family dynamic uh, expose itself to everyone in the family. Yeah. Although, you know, there's the flip side of this that I, that I think we need to put back on us as a society. Like, well, I guess we put it all on ourselves as a society. But, <laughs> but one thing that, you know, that I'm thinking about is like how we respond to dads who are stepping up 
with this yep. like, woo. Like I'm thinking about thinking about an interview I did um, with my friend Liam a while ago where he was saying when he had our kids were younger. Our kids were born like within a couple weeks of each other. And he was at the playground with his son. And they were like, oh, it's so nice that you go to the playground with your son. Like, and he was like, I, I, I you know, I'm his dad after all. But, um, but you know, those, those, you were talking about, you know, the bathing. And I was thinking about those like viral videos of like the dad who's doing his kid's hair and like the dad. And I, I think they're super cute. So I have nothing, I, you know, all power to those dads. But there is this kind of like, like making it a little cutesy, like, oh, he's not, you know, he's not just parenting. He's he's being he's going above and beyond what he, you know, what what he could be doing. Do you agree with that? Am I just like projecting? Uh, you? No, no, I I do. Um, uh, I have a good friend who's had to learn how to braid hair, uh, and because they have to there's no other person to do it he's taking it on he's doing it and it's a big thing and it continues on you know that that's going to be the life is dealing with braiding hair and and all kinds of hair care um things so i maybe it's my hope my optimistic hope is that it's a step in the right direction is the celebrating of these things and then more people saying oh you know look how great that dad is, you know, yeah. and, and and maybe it opens up a conversation. I mean, yeah. I, the, I mean, I love, right. you know, but that's I, my hope to be optimistic. Um, uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I, our friend, or maybe I'm not sure if you know him, but Christopher Pursley, um, he, he's got an awesome blog. I'll have to put it in the, in the notes for this episode, but he was part of a, he's been a dad advocate for a very long time. He was part of, um, he was part of an ad campaign with Dove um, Care for Men that was around parenting. Actually, I thought they did a brilliant job. I thought it was a great one. I have a lot of respect for him. He doesn't really like talk about himself as a as a dad expert. He's just a dad who really doing likes, dad stuff, you know, doing yeah. dad stuff, but in a way that's really, you know, he's got a fantastic um, blog about his daughter where he's. You know, he, she loves basketball and he's gotten her really involved with like the WNBA. Like she like goes and, and follows them. And he's like, they go to, they seem to go to every possible WNBA <laughs> game that, that they can go to. And he's put her, I mean, it, I think there's a great way to model good dadding. That's not kind of like make, putting it in a kind of cute. It bow, keeps getting I, better. I really does. do think it keeps getting better. And uh, every, every, thought and story about men modeling awesome dad behavior, you know, to call it, I guess, um, helps the next others and it helps the next generation sons and daughters growing up. They, there's all the, the statistics that show that, um, uh, kids, especially daughters who see their dads are like active and doing chores. It just helps. It helps oh, the yeah. conversation. And then For sure. they become the boss and they create policy and it just, it's good. So, you know, there's another amen to the men. on the daughters <laughs> actually that, and I, I need to find this one too, but that dads with daughters, um, yes. actually are, they, they're, their work decisions around promoting women or around, there was a study I think about or a story about a judge with daughters who was making kind of judgments that were more favorable to women. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Right. I'm throwing out a lot of, a lot of maybe old wives tales, maybe things I read in people magazine, who knows, but I, I will bring back, I'll put in the notes, some, uh, 
some stories to substantiate that. Well, uh, I think, you know, we just, we just need them part of the conversation. They are part of the conversation and it's, it just gets better and better with the conversation, I guess it's language and it's talking and it's sharing and it's support. So I say we thank everyone and hopefully the men who joined us on the breadwinners uh, today, whether you're a chance or a choice breadwinner, we hope you enjoyed the time you spent with us and that you'll share your own story at the breadwinnerspodcast.com. How are you making it work? How's your partner making it work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners and help us tell the stories, both men and women's stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.